hello and welcome back to part six of a white gray black manga book club discussion of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind by Hayao Miyazaki. My name is Bruce. I am joined again by my constant co-host Gautam. Hello, hello. Boy, this one, we're moving now. We are on the downhills section of Nausicaa. This is volume six. This part is called The Place Dreamed and is the beginning of the end, in my opinion, for sure, of a lot of things. Um, part, the part six in the seven-part story structure, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, yes, part, sorry. Is- Part six in the seven-part story structure is called The Plot Turn 2. This is where the protagonist discovers something that helps them resolve the major conflict or defeat the antagonist, which I think, since this is a seven-volume thing, it's pretty good to break it up like that. Uh, I do think that's what happened in this section. Um, tell me tell me about part six and your feelings reading it and again getting through it here, Gautam. Shit was buck wild. <laughs> Holy shit. So much happened. And uh, after that ending, like, I know I say, I say the line, Bart, I say it every fucking time. I I was like, there, there's no more? What the fuck? Yeah. I, like, I just wanted to read the, 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 like, the next page. And I feel like this feeling intensifies after every chapter or every volume of Nausicaa, where yeah. I just want to continue. Um, I felt that the most here. Yeah. Because I, I just want to see how this all ends. Yeah, this one especially, I think, ended in a way that was very just sort of like, boom, bang, bang, here's all the big stuff, and then it's kind of like, okay, and then it just kind of ends, and you're like, wait, but everything is about to happen, It's we're right here. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to part seven. Um, let's just hop right into part six and start talking about it. We left... Part five at the end with the Daikai show happening. It's at its apex. The mold and the bugs have met. Nausicaa is inside the belly of an Omu. Uh, everything is kind of sideways for everybody. Um, we open this part on the Dorok refugees, picking up right where we left off with Chikuku and the Dorok elder Charuka, uh, confirming that Chikuku and his psychic powers cannot find Nausicaa anymore. Uh, they said at the end of the last chapter, Nausicaa is gone or dead. I don't remember. Um, I like what a, uh, I, just a side note, I like what a homie Charka ended up being. Yeah, he's like an asshole for like a couple pages, and then once he like takes his mask off and is a main character, he's like a super good dude. We like him a lot. Yeah, he's tight. Yeah. Uh, so the molds are joined together. These two leave in a little jar ship to go check everything out. Um, they note that there's not a whole lot of sign of miasma being left. Uh, everything's kind of, kind of sealed up. Um. They find some people trying to steal Nausicaa's Maeve, little wing ship, um, and it's, surprise, the worm handlers, these little shit Boo! Boo, boo worm handlers, boo. Um, Charka gets down and is like, hey, hey, put that down. Stop stealing, Mr. Steelers. It's like, take me to your leader. <laughs> I want to talk to him. Uh, one of the, the Dorak guy who's driving the jar ship says like, hey, look, this isn't just uh, like one group of worm handlers or one clan. Like, this is all of them, or at least a lot of the worm handlers. So uh, interesting and, that they've all kind of converged here. And they, they effectively tell Charka, it's like, hey, go shove it, you fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you, you mistreated us and our kind for so long. Like everyone has that. We, we hate everyone. 
We're just going to yes. loot. We're going to do whatever we want because you are all assholes to us. Maybe my fair. favorite. Yeah. Maybe my favorite part of this chapter was the fact that it literally calls out all the other people and kind of us as readers too. We've joked about yeah. like, wow, <laughs> the worm handlers suck. Every time they're brought up, everybody in the story is like, wow, worm handlers, they suck. And then in this chapter, they're like, you've been telling us we suck for five and a half volumes. And we're here to tell you like F you. We don't suck. We want to, you know, we're going to do our own thing now. Uh, I yeah, thought that was good for you, worm handlers. Yeah, I thought that was bullies. really great. Um, turns out that the worm handlers followed the insects to get here, which is interesting because they, of course, are sort of more connected to the insects and to nature. Um, Charco sees a strange pod that the worm handlers are carrying and is like, what are you stealing? What are you doing, shitbags? You're taking bad stuff. What's in there? Um, he looks inside this little pod. He sees that there are some just babies kind of being kept away from the from the miasma being cared for in there. Uh, the worm handlers say that they found them in the villages along the way. People were hiding them in ovens and hiding them away and stuff like we saw um, in the past two parts. Uh, so this is a this is a neat little technique to get you to kind of care for the worm handlers a little bit more. You see that they have like a a bubble full of. No, not a bubble, a little uh, like cartridge full of babies. And you're like, oh, no, what are these shitty little worm handlers doing with these babies? And they're like, yeah, we're taking care of them because we found them and picked them up along the way. We're just going to make them worm handlers and they'll survive and it'll be fine. Um, Charco doesn't like this. He's like, uh, he's like, no, no, no. Like so many of my Dorak people have lost their babies. Like, give me the babies. We'll give them to those people. They will have someone to care for. You know, it'll heal their hearts. Um, yeah, n- normal people will, will take these. Yeah, ha- yeah normal worm handlers. They won't be take. raised as worm handlers, and it'll be better for them. Um, and I I love the worm handler's reply here. I thought it was super interesting. The worm handler replies, your empire is dead, and soon enough, you'll all be dead as well. We've waited for this day for 300 years, which I thought was very sort of like, I mean, it was a big F you to the to, to Charka and the Doroks of like, you've mistreated us. This is not your time. Sort of the bugs and, and, and the you, you, guys, you guys fucked up the world. You're not getting a say anymore. Kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like this is your fault. And you know, we're one with the bugs and the, um, the sea of corruption and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's our time now, which I, again, I, maybe my favorite thing in this whole chapter is the worm handlers kind of taking back their, uh, their agency and being like, well, we aren't just, you know, shitty workers with these weird worms that everybody hates. They're sort of like, no, we have our own stuff going on. We have our own religion. We want our own, uh, our own clans, our own separate kind of society type thing. So I thought that was, it was very interesting. That was a very good moment. Uh, my, my favorite part was the very last panel, but I'll, I'll tell you about it when we get there. Uh, yeah. So after that, again, another really good, there's a lot, I put a lot of just quotes. Uh, there were more quotes than ever in part five, and there's even more quotes in this part. And I think there will probably be even, even more quotes in part seven, because at a certain point, there's nothing that I can say that works quite as well as just what the text says. So the next part, the worm handler says, be gone, cursed priest, go with the knowledge that we have hated your kind. That's like, that's like a mic drop, kind of like, be gone, cursed priest. C- go with the knowledge that we have hated your kind. Literally, like, get out of here. Know that you abused us and we hate you. Like, you are not our friends. We do not like working for you. We hate you. Get out of here. God, that, this is like, this is a good, a good worm handler justice moment. A full worm handler redemption in this part right here, for sure. Yeah. We we owe the this is this is our worm handler apology up. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so after that, we we see that someone notes that all the eleven tribes of worm handlers are set to gather here. Um, the worm handlers say soon that the sun will hit the bodies and the forest will spawn. Um, Chikuku is like fighting to take back Nausicaa's wingship at this point. Uh, stuff gets a little hairy here for uh, Chikuku and Charuka because the worm handlers are like. No, 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 you're not taking our stuff. We, literally, we hate you. Be gone, cursed people. Um, they're like, kill them. Like, but no blood. Like, this is going to be a glorious day. Don't make them bleed. Just take their masks and they'll die to the miasma, which is kind of like, kind of a little twisted, right? Can you imagine you're like fighting someone off and you're like, hey, kill those people. Or like, I don't know, you're like fighting in a burning building and you're like, hey, kill those people. You've got a gun. Don't use your gun. Just make sure they're stuck in the building and they burn to death. I, I think I think in their mindset, one, they're completely okay with that because they've yes. been mistreated. Uh, but two, I think they see it as more of uh, them getting consumed by miasma as becoming one with nature and not kind of... Uh, it's a li- it's they less... see bloodshed as more of a dis- dishonor and disservice. It's, it's more than, sort of heretic, her- heretical? It's more of a heresy yeah. to their religion, quote-unquote religion, Right. To like spill blood than it is to just let them die to the earth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so again, all that's getting kind of hairy. Enter the forest people. We have some of the forest people we met in the past parts walking up. They walk up and the interesting to note that the worm handlers here are like instantly stilled and kind of pacified. Um, they walk up. One of them kind of touches hands with Chikuku. They communicate telepathically. We don't really hear what they say. Um, this main force people guy pretty much looks at Chirka and Chikaku and is like, let's go look for Nausicaa together. I now have, I'm, again, like I've mentioned in the past parts, we are very much bringing characters that have been separate together now. So this is the first uh, instance of that in this chapter. And there's a lot of that in this chapter or this volume. And, um, and I, I appreciate the use of the telepathic link there because it just covered everything without having to like recap Oh, Chikuku tells, explains yep. exactly what happened between now and then to, and their relationship with each other. You know, like, yeah, less they, is more. It can be a relationship sure. of trust and it just makes sense, right? Yeah. And we, we already know that Chikuku is psychic. I think we already know that this guy is psychic too. If we don't, we're going to pretty soon learn that he definitely is. Um, so yeah, it's a super good writing technique to just like, it's the, uh, where it's the video game thing where it's like, oh, here's your new person. You need to tell them about everything that's happened in the past, Persona 5 style, and it just fades to black and fades up, and they go, oh, wow, that's an interesting story, and you exactly. haven't heard anything. So yeah, uh, good, reca- good recap there. They say, let's go look for Nasca together. Uh, the Force people look at their little jar uh, flying machine and are like, no, no, your masks aren't going to work where we're going. They give it this bubble covering that we've seen before. They use this bubble... Um, to protect Nausicaa at the end or in the middle of the last part and fix her masks and stuff. Um, they tell all the worm handlers, they're like, hey, go up on that hill, gather everybody, get all the leaders, you know, go there. Um, the spore stuff we note kind of is starting to sprout. They note that it's like, it's it's getting there. Um, someone asks, I think it's Chikuku or maybe Charka is like is like where's the mold i don't see the mold it looks like it's all just the bodies and the uh 
the forest people main guy here is like the mold is there as well. It's eaten and the other with the other fungus and it's settled down. This is something that was kind of for was essentially foreshadowed with some of what Nausicaa was doing with her little tests. It's all sort right. of conglomerated into a single biological uh not entity, but sort of a biological ecosystem, right? They've the 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 dead omu and their spores and their trees that they carried their sea of corruption stuff and the mold have combined and it is all one ecosystem now is what we're told which is a very a, a poignant thing in in the greater uh discussion i guess and uh, it's it's at this point with with the explanation that uh essentially the humans are the ones destroying the forest balance explicitly stated and the forest mm. uh restores its balance at great cost to itself Right, uh, yeah. At this point, Charaka bursts out in tears, uh, realizing yeah. that his old teachings were correct. And what he was doing now and the path he was following, his, his he's been following his whole life, was the incorrect one. Uh, which yeah, I thought of, was a poignant and good moment. Yeah, lots of tears in this chapter for sure. A lot more than in the past. Um, yeah, so there's a quick little kind of sideways divergent thing. It, at the start of the volume, the big volume two, right? If you buy this in English in two big volumes, there's four parts in the first volume and three parts in the second volume, even though we're calling this volume six, it's part six of volume two. Anyways, at the start of that book, there's a little kind of description of how the Sea of Corruption trees kind of like gestate and grow and put down uh, roots and all this stuff. And that's kind of relevant to like this part right here because... Uh, I think it's the, the forest elder guy says there, you know, you don't see that it looks like it's stilled and like nothing's happening because they're using their energy to put down roots right now. Once the, uh, sun hits it, it's going to explode and be big, right? Which they mentioned earlier. And then, yeah, like you said, that quote, when humans destroy the world's balance, the forest restores that balance at an enormous cost. Uh, the human world grows smaller and it's the insects who are saving it. The Omu are gods. Charka, no, Charka talks about all this stuff, right? He, like you were saying, he goes back to his old religion of like, yeah, the bugs, the Omu are the gods. You know, that's who I used to worship. That's who we should be worshiping now. Um, at this and point... It, it makes sense. Nausicaa is yeah. the apostle of nature and the Omu. Yeah, and the One Omu the are same. very sort of... Yeah, similar to... Uh, uh, what's... To Princess Mononoke, the sort of spirit of the woods, the Omu right. are very much just sort of the gods slash spirits of nature in this in this story. So, it, right, it, it's like uh, it's like a tangible manifestation of nature. It's like a living being that represents nature. Exactly right. Uh, so Chikaku yeah. gets a little telepathic tell from somebody. He's like, "Oh, what is that?" It's like, "Oh, it's it's Teto, the little." Teto has not done much. We I don't know if we've talked about Teto since part one. He's been around. It's the little uh He's just squirrel, a little guy. A little guy, He's a little squirrel a little thing that's with, with Nausicaa. Um we cut over to the forest people meeting on top of that hill with the uh OG worm handlers. Apparently they say all oh, three of the eleven tribes have fallen. Um and the forest people are like, You're gonna sit on this mountaintop and you're gonna watch this forest grow, and it's gonna like it's gonna be good for you i don't know I don't know right um so the searchers uh following uh teto's psychic link they find nausicaa luckily in a little bubble of slimy stuff inside an omu which we saw happen at the end of the last part um 
Charika is like, I can't get in here. How do I get in? And the uh, forest person is like, I can get her. He sort of reaches in, pulls her out. Um, they, As they're doing this, the sun comes out. Uh, and this kind of gives you a little like a little race against the clock, a couple of page or two here where stuff is starting to like grow around them while they're down here trying to get Nausicaa out of here. So it's a nice little sort of like tense, okay. not really action scene, but kind of like a, instead like a of everything Indiana being... Indiana Jones, Boulder moment where it have, it's like yeah. 30 seconds and then it's done. Yeah, yeah injecting, because it's been sort of, I don't know, it's a very good energy flow, right? Of things are still, things are solemn. Oh, but then they're fighting for this. Uh, they're fighting for for Nausicaa to get her little flying machine back. And then the force people come and it's still and quiet again. They got to rescue her. Things are now high energy again. Uh, it's just a really good flow and story to not have, be at one note for too long, but to bring high energy, low energy, all those things. I like it a lot. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this force growth is sort of threatening to trap Nausicaa and all these people down here, but they get out. Long story short. Um, they sort of carry this guy and Nausicaa in this weird kind of serum bubble, back on the jarship. Uh, she's like suspended in this gel. So when yeah. they fly in, like all the worm handlers like see her and are like, that's it. That's God right there. I see her. Um, the yeah, worm handlers, like the forest people, they, they, they are in tune with nature. Uh, so they, they just know when they see it. Yeah. And I think, I think at this point it's like, basically everybody knows when they see Nausicaa, they're like, that's her. Whether that's her in a good or a bad way, they see her and it's like, yep, that's her. That, it, and it, it, it doubly be... helps if if anyone has questions as to why they know why they think Nausicaa is a goddess just by seeing her. That it the Omu covered her in their Omu gel, the and, serum they call it. Yeah, yeah, the serum, and that's doubly proof that the Omu would go out of their way for a human. You know, yeah, not something that the Omu would do. Uh, the worm handlers are like, okay, g- give us our god, like give her to us, like we're gonna make her our deity. Come on, come on. They're kind of aggressively demanding it. Uh, they're also like, oh, this like the serum is holy. Give us the serum. Um, you see there's like a panel or two with guys like drinking it and putting it over their mouths and being like, I can breathe without breathing. It's It seems like a sort of powerful liquid, I guess you could say. Um, the- I actually very much like this moment because, um, uh, and I, I'll, I'll talk about the next part too, is uh, after, after they show the worm handlers, Nausicaa, uh, they begin to take Nausicaa away and the, the worm handlers mm. use their grappling hooks to like pull the jar down and they're starting to get aggressive, like you mentioned. Um, and then the forest person uses his psychic abilities to like knock away all the the grappling hooks. Yeah. And the worm handlers are like, oh, we made the forest people angry. Oh no, but they're taking God away. Oh no. Like yeah. uh, they're experiencing like a crisis because they see Nausicaa as a salvation. They're like a mm-hmm. severely oppressed people. So they're, yes, they're, for sure. They, they are grasping at anything, uh, any kind of positive uh, positivity or anything to pull them out of kind of the dark life they lead. Um, and taking Nausicaa away, they, they were even willing to like kind of get in a fight with people they revere, you know, mm-hmm. or get on the bad side of people they revere for it. Uh, yeah. I thought that that was a really good, uh, well-written scene in showcasing how desperate these people are. Yeah, I mean, they are a sort of beaten and defeated people, as we have seen. They are, we. I mean, we literally memed on how much they are hated in the story and how much we hate them up until this moment. So yeah, they are desperate for Nausicaa because they know, like everybody does, that Nausicaa is a form of redemption. I, I, I don't think... 
They are obviously incorrect in trying to keep her for themselves because she is a redemption that is meant for all people, I think we'll kind of get to by the end here, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's super interesting. Um, so yeah, the force, again, like you mentioned, force leader trying to take away Nausicaa. Um, he says, he has this line, like, Nausicaa followed the Omu to their deaths intending to die, and they wrapped her in a serum to save her. Um, he says, I do not know what this girl saw inside the Omu. As she lay wrapped in the serum, there are those who have achieved sympathy with the Omu, but none have ever peered into the abyss that is the heart of the Omu. So very much like, she's very special. We know it, you know it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think it literally quotes, like, if you look into the abyss, it looks back at you. Uh, almost word for word. Uh, but they they take Nazca away. Uh, the worm handlers think that they've angered the forest people, so they're also sort of like, oh shit, we made, <laughs> we made one religion mad while trying to start a new religion. Um, the, another really cool line here, this is from the sort of main forest person, uh, he says, or, or maybe it's from Charuka, I don't remember who says this, uh, but there's a line that's like, poor souls, their knowledge of a better world can only cause them pain, which I thought was like, that's fucking sad, man. <laughs> Yeah, that is sad. And I, I, I see the perspective, right? He, uh, The forest person, they, they are all hanging out with other forest people. And these worm handlers who revere them and also believe in their philosophy are stuck here getting treated like shit in the human world. So yeah. they have no, they're like out of place in a society that hates them. Yeah, it's also, I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to get into too much modern day stuff, but like this is something I think a lot of us can relate to of like... I have knowledge of a better world that could exist, and because it does not, I am in pain. Quote I am I am angry or I'm bitter. Right? I see right. Japan's public transport, and I live in America. And I don't have that, and that sucks. I look at the UK or Australia's public health, and I they have a better world, and I don't have that, and that causes pain and, for me. So that and I understand and that's like that small scale stuff. There's like like societal, like major societal issues in real yeah. life that yeah that invoke that feeling i'm sure for a lot of people right yeah so, so I, I yeah i think there's a especially sort of in the internet age where you can go and get all this information and see all these other places and how they work really easily that sort of knowledge of a better world is can cause them pain i i get that on a deep level myself and i think a lot yeah. of us do so uh, that is it for that scene we cut over to yupa who is being held on the sort of uh this is the most badass scene i yupa is uh Bad. he's always a badass he's great yeah uh he's being held like in in the den of the hedra of the emperor's ship um they're being fed by like a bunch of handlers uh he like watches them feed and listens to them kind of tr like uh communicate and he he like escapes just because of course he does um and he takes out these handlers and he says ah oh, i see you're using like some tool to whistle at a high pitch for human ears to hear i'll take you out and take it and control them and he like knocks the guy out and looks and he's like oh shit he cut a hole in his tooth to make that whistling sound i cannot just steal a steal a whistle and make this sound so he's like well i've unleashed and, and them real quick Time to run. I, I i love the way he not the the way he knocks that guy out he's a, he's in like the same room as all the hedra that's where they're keeping him as prisoner and um he like beckons the guy over the beckon the guy's like, we'll feed you some slop later. <laughs> and he uh, he just simply hands over his handcuffs. Yeah, I've read. He's like, <laughs> and, and the dude is baffled. And uh, then he like gives him a good fucking punch or a good kick to the gut. No. Uh, but I love the cheekiness of handing over the handcuffs. Yupa's great. I One of the yeah. best sort of 
like he is very much kind of an all good, all knowing, all powerful type of character. Maybe not all all powerful, but he's very much the sort of like Max. Yeah, he's he Gandalf is a great comparison. I think he's very much the Gandalf of this story. Uh, but yeah, I love that. He's he's very cool. Um, so the Hedra here, they're coming after Yupa. Uh, but he's like, oh, they're also just kind of ripping each other apart. Clearly, controlling them is they're out of control, right? Um, so uh, Yupa kind of runs to the edge of the ship. Here we go. Stuff is starting to come together more. Uh, Yupa sees below him the Jar ship with Nausicaa on it, and her he sees like the Mave ship, and is like, oh, like that's that's Nazca's ship. Interesting. She's still alive. She's still down there. Um, we cut to the emperor on this ship. He's in a little like recovery healing pool, like a back to tank thing, like star Wars. I've mentioned before. Um, his brother comes as sort of this dark shower, dark shadow. Um, the emperor says, you're too weak to attack and you're unable to accept defeat. Uh, shadow man looks down also and sees Nazca's ship, uh, and, the Shadow Man, you see him just kind of disappear from the cruiser. Uh, and, and his he lands. Brother, to one point of cl- clarification here is his brother is dead, but like his body is dead. Uh, what is essentially, yes. yeah, what is essentially left is what is akin to a vengeful spirit, just malaligned feelings. Yeah. This like psychic energy yeah. type thing. But it, it is yeah. a little weird because uh, that, that dark mass, the Emperor's brother. Uh, does just kind of like jump out of the ship and like lands on the glider. So it isn't like he's like, I'm a flying spirit. I can fly. It's kind of has a little bit of physicality to it, which I thought was interesting, oh, is, right? Is that what happened? Oh, I thought he just flew over. Okay. Like, well, if he did fly over, he does very much like land on the glider and like yeah, make his way over it. kind of physically. Yeah. So got it. Interesting. Uh, the forest elder tries to drive back Shadow Man with his magic. Uh, he does a pretty good job, but Shadow Man slips by and goes into Nausicaa's dream. Um, this group here on the flying jar, they land, they note some details about the, uh, they, they note some details about the Emperor's ship and they sort of watch him, uh, they watch his Emperor's ship like stop, turn around and just blow another one of the Dorok ships out of the sky. And they're like, uh, what the hell? What is this? They were thinking about like hailing that ship to come get them or to, to help them out. So that's kind of a big like, oh, maybe we don't want to hail that ship. Um, yeah, let's just keep going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then the Emperor Namalith comes up and he says, he pretty much announces kind of over, I don't know, radio, if you want to say. He's like, he's like, my brother is dead and the priest rule is over. Follow me or die. Like in so many words. He's basically like, priest time is up. My brother's psychic is dead. It's me or nothing. We're going to war. Um, and uh, just, to, just to specify one point is, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if we mentioned this, but... Uh, this whole time, Nausicaa is in stasis or in a coma. She's like asleep or in a coma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the group of the people that are down there with Nausicaa kind of taking care of her, uh, they note that she's in a lot of danger. And especially when she is about to wake up or when she does wake up, they say that she's going to be in a lot of danger when that happens. So they need to keep her safe until then. Um, this At this point, Charuka sort of leaves and Shikuku is like don't go. If you go, I know you're going to die, dude. And he's like, I have to leave. He heard the, the sort of priest being called out. He says he has to leave because he has to do what he can to prevent further madness. He's going to go back. I think we assume and talk to the emperor, something like that. So Sharka leaves off. 
we cut over to the Valley Boys uh, with the Chocobo Bird and the Egg and Kuratawa. They're waiting for someone that was scouting ahead. They're in their own little area. Um, the bird kind of notices something and like runs off. And Kuratawa is like, you damn bird, come back here. You are leaving your egg. Come back. And he follows him. Um, a little bit after following the bird, the bird lets Kuratawa ride it. It like motions and Kuratawa's like, what? What do you want? You want me to ride you? He hops on. Um, at this point, the forest elder is is sort of meditating near Nausicaa and says that Nausicaa is asleep. Uh, and we cut to Nausicaa in the dream world, which is kind of our next big segment. Uh, she's in a field of grass at the start, kind of as a little kid. Uh, but then there's also kind of darkness and the shadow monster, the brother, is there with her. She also kind of notes, I don't know if it's here a little later, she notes that like, oh, this is where she ran into creepy skeleton guy from the last two parts, right? Is kind of in this dream world. Right. So, uh, at this point we get the start of this kind of dream journey that Nausicaa and, and this, this, uh, uh, and this dark shadow are about to go through. She, this dark shadow kind of attacks her and she struggles against him. Uh, she's obviously strong light magic versus dark magic. Obvious weakness here. Um, she's, yeah, she, you're right. She barely struggles. She's just like, be gone. She's like, Stop it. Yeah. And the darkness is kind of cast away from him, and he's now this kind of like mewling uh, zombie man with empty eyes. Very sort of weak and childlike is the way this guy acts now. Um, yeah. He's like, he's like gaunt and pale and skinny. He's like Smeagol a little bit. Yeah. Very Smeagol. Yeah. Smeagol's a good comparison there. Uh, but he starts kind of like following Nausicaa around for this part. Um, so Nausicaa. Well, uh, uh, he, he, he was. Um, it's this. It was interesting because he initially, like after she cast aside his darkness, he was just whimpering and whining and mm-hmm. like scared. Uh, and Nausicaa's like, well, I'm going to leave uh, and you can come with if you want. Yeah. And uh, he's, like, he's like, okay, no, just come with me. And Nausicaa like takes him by the hand and, and takes him along with her. Yeah, she's very, uh, very caring and motherly, as we will see. That is going to be reinforced a couple of times before the end of the chapter. Absolutely, um, yeah. Nausicaa, kind of while walking through this dream world, she sees images of her friends who are there near her. Uh, Kui and Teto and Chikuku, all these people, etc., kind of show up in her dreams. Um, the first elder shows up in the dream world. They kind of come up against a uh, a break between this dark place where she is and a forest that looks like sort of like the Sea of Corruption. Um, the... Yeah, and that's where the elder shows up and sort of invites Nausicaa and, and her little, like, Smeagol dude like hey come to the forest we're guiding Uh, we learn that this forest elder's name is Selim so we finally have a name for this dude Um, the nasty man little golem dude is is scared he doesn't think he can go in Uh, Nausicaa shows him compassion um, and sort of not really forces him forward but is like come on you need this come with me Um, yeah because he's getting consumed by darkness again and earlier on she mentioned how the darkness was like kind of painful and how he was covered in it so uh like he he was scared and cowering and she effectively forces him to come with her yeah for his own betterment yeah and this is this is i think a important turn in nausicaa's character because i think this shows we mentioned previously how she was much, much, much more concerned with the well-being of the Omu and the forest and nature. And now I think we are, it's not necessarily a turn in the character, but we are at least being shown and seeing that 
Nausicaa, we're seeing Nausicaa caring for people again. So I, I think that's just an important thing to sort of call out. Um, and it's interesting because like her feelings, the last part where she's like, you know what, fuck humanity, right? Let's like, I'm with the Omu. It's yeah. like, uh, it, it was her in the heat of the moment being angry. Uh, yeah. And her true nature, as you'll see in this chapter and you see right now, is she cares about everything. Mm-hmm. So where were we? Uh, yeah, Selim, like as she's sort of inviting the the the, the dark man uh, to come with him, Selim says, "Like you know, that's the Dorak Emperor's shadow, his brother, right? He was born from the darkness, and he should be retired to the darkness." Uh, and Nazca's like, "Okay, dude, but if this darkness is here, and we're in my heart, like you just told me we are, then it's my darkness, and the darkness is inside me too." So. That's, I think, another sort of, like, this, I mean, this whole dream sequence, the kind of first time I went through it, I was like, huh, that was kind of, like, weird and cute and very ethereal. And the second time through it, I was like, this is really important. This is really good stuff. Um, Nausicaa sort of facing down that, like, hey, we're inside, like, my heart, my mind palace, and there's darkness here because there is darkness inside me. I am not all good. And it's like, if there is darkness inside me, then, you know, that's, uh, she very much accepts. Embraces her humanity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good way to put it. She accepts that that darkness exists inside everyone and it makes her human. And it, again, I think attaches her to humanity in this way that we see, um, in this part of the story, whereas she was more attached to nature and, I, we predicted, I think, successfully, because I think it's a well-written story and easy to predict because it's well-written, that she is now going to sort of connect herself more to uh, to humanity in this part, which with which the, the sort of darkness darkness section is part of that. So, and uh, Selim uh, gives her the yeah, I knew you'd say that kind of face, mm-hmm. like uh, like a knowing yeah, like she's uh, got like, it. Yeah, you're you're the one. You you, you know all the, all the right answers. Let's just keep going. Kind of a face, uh, like yeah. It was like he was testing her in some way, you know? Yeah. So Nausicaa says the darkness, darkness is inside me. Also, she says, if that's the case, then this person is already a part of me because they are, they are darkness. There is darkness inside of me. We are connected. Again, like I said, this is, a, this is that change from I only care about the forest Nausicaa to I care about the other people also. Um, we get a long couple of pages, which are just kind of a... I don't want to say frivolous. They're kind of a mystical journey through dreams where they meet some Omu, they ride on some... Uh, they like ride them through a river and stuff. This is kind of like an art <laughs> exhibition section. There's like four or five pages here that are just kind of like, oh, that's interesting visuals, but not really a whole lot else goes on it, here. It, it is, but it, there was also one moment where like this, the the old guy is like comforted by Nausicaa. Yes. Saying, don't be scared of the Omen. They just want to play or, or something like that. And he's happy and laughing. And she points to Salim and says, like, hey, look, he's laughing. And he's like, well, so are you. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's kind of another establishing moment that she is reconnecting with her humanity, you know? Uh, yeah, for sure. Ki- kind of a thing in, in case people didn't pick it up. And it's time. a nice, yeah, and it's a nice mirroring with the sort of brother Gollum shadow man as he is sort of as a baby being reconnected to kind of all these happiness and light and not being darkness anymore. And Nausicaa's kind of, she doesn't know it, but she's taking the same journey, essentially. She's guiding this broken man to kind of the same place where she is going, right? Some would say she's a shepherd. 
uh, mm. guiding him through the valley of darkness, but <laughs> couldn't be me. You know? Yeah, could, couldn't make any more Christian religious comparisons. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when they get past that little part with Yomu, the zombie man is sort of like sad and is like, no, I want to go back to the Yomu. That was fun. That was good. Uh, Nausicaa notes, uh, I wish I could tell people this is what the afterlife is like so they might live more peacefully. I thought that was a cool little thing that's like, I wish I could tell people that there is a sort of peaceful, unviolent uh, place that is caring and calm so that you might live your life. You might have an example to live up to, right? Which... This is just, uh, Nausicaa is just full of like good, interesting, mature messages and that this is just one of them that I liked. So I love that too. And to be a shithead about it, um, I, I think I would be terrified because uh, if Nausicaa wasn't there, that guy would have just been swallowed by darkness and died. Yep, would back. <laughs> uh, it's funny because Nausicaa, as soon as she's like, ah, I wish I could tell people that's what the afterlife is like, uh, Selim is immediately like, lol, you ain't dead. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like he's like i'm literally right here by your passed out body you are asleep and she's like oh shit uh she's <laughs> she says i thought my wish came true <laughs> or no i'm sorry this is not an actual quote i just wrote quote lamau i thought my wish came true and i was fucking dead as shit dash <laughs> 1987 um which is funny because she literally committed to sort of dying with the omu so she thought she was dead makes sense um put this on anime irl for free uploads <laughs> except no probably no one everyone's seen the movie and probably no one's read the manga so that's true that's true uh but we have in our couple 20 14 or 20 or so viewers you out there we appreciate you go like and subscribe go leave a comment if you're reading this with us thanks a lot um uh nasuka here notes it's like i threw it all away once already uh and selim says like you were carrying literally the weight of the whole natural world on your shoulders so yeah of course you decided to throw it away that's a lot of weight to bear too much um the group walks forward they emerge kind of through this omu forest section into light which is the end of the sea of corruption they note uh inside her mind right so not the real end of the sea of corruption um Plants and everything out here is clear of miasma. It's just kind of like normal nature as we were grown. They're like flabbergasted that there are like, there are trees growing. There is grass. There is like normal sky. There is water. There's all these things that are like, oh yeah, that's normal nature. But they're like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. It's so cool. Um, and we see it all kind of growing around the large kind of dead sea of corruption trees, which kind of, this reminds me of like a coral uh, like a coral forest, if you're familiar with those, where it's like coral leaves behind a skeleton and more coral grows on top. So it's very much kind of built on other dead creatures, but the live creatures are on top of that. Very cool. Right. Yeah. And you know what? This is like everyday stuff for us, but it felt beautiful looking at the world through their eyes. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, something about how Miyazaki drew those panels. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, excellent. it felt... I made a note of it here because it feels very intentional. Uh, like they talk about just like grass, trees, soil, and all the panels are like gorgeous and shining. And they are clearly not, while it may be kind of quote unquote normal as we're talking about it, like the way that it is drawn and presented and framed in these panels by Miyazaki clearly shows that they're magical and valuable. Like these, yeah. the grass, the it trees, felt, the soil. It felt ethereal. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's very, I love very that. cool. Um, they see like birds appear and they're like, holy shit, 
birds. Like, I've never seen a bird. I've only heard about them. They're like, uh, the zombie man goes and chases these birds. Um, he's very childlike through all this, but this part especially, he's very much like a little kid chasing these birds. Um, Nausicaa, as she's walking through all this kind of gorgeous nature stuff, she's like crying. Uh, she like steps on a little plant and like picks it up and apologizes to it in like a very kind of, I don't know, tender moment. Um, there's a funny thing that happened during that that panel. Um, uh, what was the what was the little little critter's name? Oh, Teto. Te- uh, yeah, Teto. Teto is biting the head off a dragonfly while she's apologizing. Oh, really? Flower. That's funny. Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Nausicaa finally notes like, okay, let's go. We have to go back to our own world because we can't contaminate this one. She's. I mean, she literally just says like, pretty much flat out says like. If people knew what paradise looked like, they would just fuck it up. Like, she's, I think she says in basically like, okay, let's give them a thousand years and they can try it again because none of the humans that are living right now are are worth it and they would not work here. Uh, which is right. very kind of, kind of negative and I don't want to say but, defeatist, but, but can, can you blame her? Like, no. look at the people around her. Exactly, like they're doing war with. When there's like a handful of people left, right? They're still fucking yeah. buying over territory. And it very much feels like it's less, um, it's less like, oh, all humans are shit now. Let's try again. It's much more like, hey, the environment, the environment, both natural and societal, that these people were raised in is sort of not necessarily going to allow them to break free of this kind of, the cycle of violence and all these things. I, I think yeah. she just kind of knows that it's like, it's going to take us a while to get away from that. And the more peace we can uh, experience, the better that is. But if she just brought all those people into this world now, it would, it would be destroyed and bad. So right. on that note, Nausicaa wakes up in the real world. Um, she wakes up. She says, I feel as if I have been reborn and I can't stop crying. Um, she, she says she has this, this weird line here. That's kind of not addressed. She's talking to Selim, I think. And she says, I was wondering if it's all right to be happy. And they just like move right past it. I thought that was like a bomb. That's like a, if someone says that to you while you're like talking to them, that's a, that's a bomb drop, right? Like, I wonder if it's okay for me to be happy. Like she's clearly saying like, I think because she has been so attached to the natural world and the Omu and the forest and stuff. And that forest one is responsible for kind of, cleansing poison and also it's a adversarial force she has not been super happy in the past uh and now she's sort of like she sees the light at the end of the tunnel she's moving towards it the the daikai show is here but it's actually kind of a good thing and she knows it so she's she's conflicted of i'm so happy that the the mold is stopped and we're going to get this new forest and that nature is beautiful and wonderful but is it okay to be happy while there's all this war happening and all these people are being displaced? Um, that that's exactly it. it. It's the onus of responsibility. Like she yeah. she she she's shouldering a lot, and the world is in her her world is suffering. Like yes. at every angle, people are miserable. So it it's I think it's one of those kinds of states. Yeah. Is it all right for me to be happy in yeah. this moment? But the story doesn't dwell on it, so we won't dwell on it. it literally, just yeah. moves right past it. Um, so selling. I think Selim's like I, I'm I'm not a. I'm not a therapist. I can't. Yeah, Selim's like, yo, you want to get married and come live in the forest with me? You can come with me. And she's like, what? He literally (laughs) is like, live your life with me. And I was like, is this a proposal? We just get a proposal of this, like, 
they've known each other for like 20 minutes. Um, I think effectively, yeah, that was what that was. Yeah. Uh, there's a really good panel here of Nausicaa, like after he literally says like, will you live your life with me in the forest? Where she's like that very kind of like pitiable pained face. And she says like, thank you. You make me very happy. Um, she says, you have placed yourself in the flow of life, but I find myself involved with every individual living thing. Um, and that is what we have talked about the past five parts. And this is that Nausicaa is very much a representation of nature, but also, you know, every single, like what just happened, she stepped on the plant. She felt its pain. She picked it up and apologized to it. She's a different, she has a different relationship with nature than even the Selim, this forest guy who has a generally pretty good, uh, equal relationship with nature. She's on a different level from that. So she, she says, you know, you've placed yourself in the flow of life of the forest, but you know, but I'm involved with every individual living thing. She's literally to mean something a little bit different. And to quote the worm handler from this chapter, she lives in both worlds. Mm -hmm. So she, she, the forest people uh, are in tune with the forest, but not with humans. And the humans are only in tune with humans and not right. the forest. And Nausicaa is involved in both. I think it, I think it is both. both. I think it's what yeah. both we said. It is definitely yeah, exactly. a, it's definitely, she's part of both, both worlds and attached to them, which is, I mean, and this is her, I think, I think, I guess it was last in part five. We talked about this, but we talked about how she was more involved with the nature and forest and how she needs to find the balance. And that I think that she will find the balance. I think this is, you are totally right. Yeah. yeah, And this is literally the line delivery where we are seeing, she literally says, I find myself involved, involved with every living thing. I find myself involved with both nature and humans equally. And each of those on an individual level, which is, more involved than just going with the flow in the forest. So, absolutely. Uh, she continues and says, "I love the people of this world too much." Here she is, literally confessing her love for the people, not just the nature. Um, she says, "I'll have out my life in the twilight of this world that humankind has polluted." So she's very much like, "I love humans. I know they fucked up. It doesn't matter. Like I'm gonna live my life until I die with humans in this messed up world." Um, the worm handlers this whole time are just being voyeurs and just watching all this happen while this confession and stuff goes on. Uh, Selim leaves at this point um, and Nausicaa notes that he uh, shared a secret with her that helped her not lose heart as she had before because I do think um, in part five when she goes with the Yomu and just says, all right, like fucking kill me, like take me and make right. me part of the forest. That's her basically giving up on humanity, right? And saying, right. The forest is where I belong. I give up on humanity. Um, so I, th- I do think Selim serves a really important purpose. I wonder if we see him again in part seven or not. Because, uh, yeah, because Nausicaa literally says, like, hey, your little dream guidance thing that we had helped me realize that, you know, I am a person I, of both worlds, of all worlds, of all people, of all plants, etc. So, I yeah, think this if is, we do see him, we see him in the epilogue. That's, yeah, that might be true. Because I think his job here is done. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is the... Worm Handler stuff has been my favorite, but this little scene kind of after she wakes up with Selim is easily the most important character development we've seen from Nausicaa. I mean, she's been she's been on this path the whole time, but here she is arriving at her moment, right? So this this right. is a super important thing. I yeah, I, I super love this whole part. It was very good. 
Uh, we get a big kind of reunion with Mito and Chikaku, and everyone's like, yay, happy hug. Uh, we cut away to Toromekia, the actual capital city, which we have not seen yet. Uh, they be sh- were shown that they're living in kind of the remains of the old, defeated, destroyed world. Um, this dude is telling the Toromekian emperor, like, kind of in a poetry way, like, shit's fucked, yo. Like, people are dead, crops dead, everything's bad, everything sucks. Um, we get a little bit of world building where the priest has this written poem that's all doom and dust, and the Tormekian leader is just like, your poem sucks, tell the priest to try again and make it scare me next time. If he, if they're trying to scare me into being religious, he basically says, like, try better, try better. That was not scary enough. Yeah. Which I, I like. The, it's a real cool uh, character established for the... Uh, world building and character established for the Tormekian leader, like not buying into this sort of scare tactic poems and also telling them like, if they're trying to make me religious, this is not working, which is a cool little like, Oh, okay. We know there's religion. We know that the Tormekian leader is not, uh, not really a part of it or not involved. They want him to be a part of it. It's just, there's a lot you can do. Logical, but not. Yeah. Right. Right. Hyper logical. Then he, he, he takes his like loot or whatever that, that small instrument is. And he slams it on the cat. (laughs) Yeah, it's know. a very, I don't very know why he did that. Taking a page out of uh, Araki's book, the author of JoJo, of just like you want somebody to be a bad guy, they abuse an animal immediately. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like for no reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, interesting note here. But this is Kashana's family, right? This is we meet her dad and two of her, I think, older brothers or two of her brothers at least. They're yeah, the the other two brothers that look just like the brother who died. I guess yeah. they're like triplets or something. Yeah, p- potentially. Yeah, I don't know if we know for real. There, oh, this whole family is fat. They are large, rotund men, um, which they're also usually, ugly. You know, they're very yeah, ugly not people. pretty. And it's a very, um, it's a good, evident uh, character design type thing where you just have. I'm trying to remember another like sort of fat blob type bad guy uh, to point out. Maybe like a Disney movie or something, but they show up every once in a while and it's very easy to see like, Oh yes, these, these people are, uh, I mean the doom poem says like our crops are burned and it's like, okay, exactly. Yeah. Uh, if their crops have burned and these guys are still fat, there's some abuse going again. It's all this sort of really it's fast, wealth hoarding, right? It's wealth and power hoarding. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's all this stuff in this, like, I mean, how this is not very many pages. This is like five or six pages. And you we're learning like all this stuff about Tormekia and these characters. And it's only like a really short amount of time. I mean, again, this is, again, we, we praise Nazca a lot cause it's really good. And we're, we're talking and reviewing it. But like stuff like this is where it's like e- exceptionally good. Like in five or six pages, we get cool world building. We understand Kashana's family is yeah. Wealth hoarding, food hoarding. They're shown as fat. They're shown as cruel. We get sort of all the context we need for who they are. We get their plan. Uh, cause the, the King here tells, tells the two bros like, Hey, go make a sudden attack on Shua, which is the door capital. Uh, and he says like, have you forgotten what lies in the crypt of Shua? Cool. That's cool foreshadowing. Uh, cause that's going to be really important in this section. And as you will see, if you have looked at the title of part seven, that the crypt of Shua is going to be very important there. So, uh, that's that little scene here. We get what I think is maybe the worst part of anything we've read. It feels like a weird little interlude. We go back to the Valley of the Wind. Uh, we watch this little girl, Teppa, try to ride the wind. She was sort of taught by um, 
She was taught by Nausicaa in the past and there's like some flashbacks and none of it seems really important except for like kind of the very end where they note that there are some, uh, I think they're Dorok people have crashed near them or Toromechians. I don't remember. I think it's Doroks, but, uh, there's like a a crashed refugee ship essentially nearby. The important part is they discuss like, are we going to help them? Are they not going to help them? They mention sort of like, uh, what, like, WWND, what would Nausicaa do? Uh, and they're like, okay, we'll go help them. Um, another cool little world building moment happens where the Valley of the Wind guys head out with like a, a long stick on their back that has like a sword on one side and a, a round bread on the other. I agree, and this is a weaker part though. This was a very uh, weak little like ten or I, I, was, I, I did like the the part with the bread, but I the the part with Teppa it felt unnecessary. Kind of I just st- don't yeah stall the action a bit. It was strange. Um, I think it's but just it was, one it wasn't of those. Bad. I think yeah. I think the intention was what the priest lady said at the end, where yes. Teppa is the new child of the wind, mm-hmm. and if there is a new child of the wind, everyone is thinking, uh, sees it as like an omen that the previous child of the wind, Nausicaa, will never come back to the Valley of the Wind. Right. And I think right. I think that those pages were there to represent that and to kind of put a question mark in the reader's head about Nausicaa's fate at the end of this journey. Um, but I, I felt it was out of place a little bit too. Just It was, a, it was yeah. I mean, I think this is maybe the one fine. time where I've been able to tell like, oh, because these were published as like individual chapters, right? There's like seven or eight chapters in each of these volumes. This was the mm-hmm. one time where I could tell like, oh, okay, this hard cut was a chapter and it ended right here and I could tell exactly where it was because it was all of this Valley of the Wind stuff. And it, it, it did exactly. feel a little out of out of place. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the cooler world building thing we mentioned, they come out with bread and a sword. They say, pick one. The people say, of course we pick bread, which is peaceful. They help them out. That's kind of the... the uh, uh, that's all... That is the important part, like we were saying. There's the Toromechians, uh, the Toromechian refugees, and the Valley of the Wind have an alliance. Yes, and there's a the very last panel in the very bottom corner of this part has a weird little just like aside that is like, hey, just so you know, is the exact moment that this stuff was happening with the bread and the alliance, the Toromechians started their attack on Shua, which I thought was. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's okay. a little weird and out of place. It's just right in the bottom corner. It's just like, hey, r- when this happened, Tormeki started their attack on Shua. But, which is weird because the story hasn't done a whole lot of like telling us like, oh yes, halfway across the world, right now, this is what's happening in a single sentence and then cutting to the next thing. So that was a little weird. That was another thing that I thought was weird about that little part. But Oh, I, yeah, that is strange. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. good to know. Uh, so we now cut back to Nausicaa and the Worm Handlers. She's like telling them like, hey, like, take off your masks, and they're like, uh, we cannot, it is a custom. Like, we can't do that. Um, she's bad luck in our religion to take off our masks. Yeah, and she's like, she's like, no, 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 like, I'm not your god, I just want to be friends, take your mask off, like, she's, she basically is like, touch me, feel me, feel my hand, I am warm, yeah, I'm a warm-blooded person just like you are. Um, they feel her in a kind of like, yes, she is, she's just like us. Uh, she, she makes Mito, who is the sort of leader of the Valley Boys that have been with her and the leader, or one of the leaders of the Worm Handlers. She's like, hey, and shake hands. And her number two throughout all of this. Yeah, Mito, yeah, is her co-pilot of the gunship, or the pilot of the gunship most of the time. So, um, yeah, she makes Mito and the Worm Handlers shake hands, and the Worm Handlers are suddenly like, they were like, we thought they were garbage men for 70% of the story, and suddenly they're these little like puppy dog, excitable dudes who are like, oh, so happy, so neat. It's a very, it's a weird, weird 
heel turn of characters, but I think it works still. I, it, I now it, it works because I, I think because they revere Nausicaa to this extent, and also they have just never been shown kindness or basic mm-hmm. human decency at also any point true, before yeah. this. Uh, yeah. yeah. So as soon as Mito and the worm handler shake hands, Nausicaa's like, all right, cool, I'm out. <laughs> and just like books it. Uh, she says she's going to go convince the Doroks to not invade Tormekia. Uh, so she takes Chikuku with her and they just hop on Maeve and fly off. Um, Kurotawa and Mito talk. Kurotawa's like, hey, like you should be take you should be taking Nausicaa, like making her lead the Valley of the Wind, protecting your people, protecting your kind. Like you need to look out for you and yours. Um, Mito says like, no, he's like, we, we talk to her and we get this. This is like a, this is another sort of intro reinforcement of Nausicaa as a mother figure. Uh, because, because Mito says, no, they talked to her. They told her all the things that happened in the Valley of the Wind about her father dying and all these other things. And Mito says like, she literally just like held all us old men. Like she like held our heads and let them like, let us cry. Like we were children. And um, before that, Mito was like, we didn't know how to break the news to her or how to deliver yeah. this news because they expected her to cry. And I, I thought this was just such an awesome moment because for sure, right, a, right after that, Mito says, um, yeah, if uh, whatever Nausicaa's decision is, we'll be there backing her up because mm-hmm. it effectively saying if it, if Nausicaa is wrong, we sure as hell ain't right. We, we don't yeah. like Nausicaa is the only person who is capable of doing any of this. And if she fails, then we had no hope to begin with, you know? Exactly, yeah. I wrote a little uh, parenthetical here that was just like, Mother Vibes, Mother Earth, Nausicaa is an embodiment of Mother Earth, and I wrote, we got there. Because I think this is definitely, we talked about this in the past, not necessarily from the Mother Earth vibe, but in this section, in section six going forward, um, especially from her dream uh, with the little darkness dude who very, acts very childlike and she's very motherly towards. And then this part where she's very motherly towards the Valley boys. Um, and then there's, there's one more part at the end that we'll get to. She is represented as a, as a motherly caretaker towards children, both childlike and old men. And I, that speaks to me as a very, she's very much this representation of mother earth. Now she's not just a, representation of of nature but specifically of the sort of mother Life earth itself. nature yeah, yeah exactly and yeah and nature from a a mother producing protecting uh angle which is we had not right. seen that necessarily in the past or maybe we had and we missed it i'm curious maybe to go no back we, and see, we, like, we mentioned this we mentioned this in the past because she did calls we? Okay. all yeah because she calls all of the bug children and ah, she calls okay. children children and she calls she calls a lot of things her children Okay, um, interesting. I don't know if I specifically ever caught on to the sort of Mother Earth angle, but now, yeah, it I, makes I sense that it's been through it. Yeah. Actually, like, uh, about the God Warrior being a literal baby and how it's yeah. commentated that it's a baby. And I'm like, yeah. oh, Nausicaa might call that thing a child, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, that is that is indeed coming. Um, so they go looking for Charaka, who's set off. This is Nausicaa and Chikuku. Um, they connect with them telepathically on their way. Uh, Charika tries to tell them, he's like, don't come, shit's bad, don't come here. Um, this was a funny moment where Nausicaa, like, visits him in the dream, and she's, like, she's wearing clothes, but I guess they're, like, thin undergarments, and Charika's like, where are your clothes, child? I'm a priest, what are you doing? Yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny. There's not a whole lot of humor. 
Yeah, there's yeah. not a whole lot of humor in here, but there is enough of it that that I enjoy it. Um, the, the the funniest thing is at the end of this chap, end of this volume. I'll yeah. Tell you. Uh, so the Dorak Emperor Namulith, he's he is putting the priests to death because he's taking control. We saw him shoot down that ship. Um, he's essentially blaming Charaka wholesale as the mastermind that created the slime mold, which brought about the destruction of their land. So he's he's laying it all on this priest guy. Um, and finally, Kashana on screen. Let's go, baby. Best character. Um, Kashana shows up. Uh, Namalis says to Kashana, he's like, you probably think I'm fucking insane and love killing people, don't you? And Kashana's like, yes, I am tired of this bloodbath. Ex-. She says, I am tired of this bloodbath e- exhibition, which and is literally saying like, she calls it an exhibition, not like, oh, I'm tired of you killing people for what you think. is." She's like, you're putting on a show and I know it. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, and, and, I'm and the calling fact of the out. matter is he just does like, he likes killing people. <laughs> that's yes, that's yeah. the truth. He likes killing people and he likes doing it publicly. And she's yeah. like, I, you're, what are you doing? Um, yeah. Uh, Nemolith mentions here the, that there's going to be like a big war announcing ceremony and we're going to get married at the same time. And that's coming up. <laughs> he's like, Hey, you got yeah, 15 minutes. You ready? Um, <laughs> he's like, we're going right now. Uh, he mentions, he says a line, he says they're, they're waiting on a particularly appropriate attendant, which is good. I, it's, like ten page foreshadowing, I don't care. I love foreshadowing; it's one of my favorite things. I love the way that, I will love the way that line is said. A particularly appropriate attendant, because you think, yeah, oh, that's great, nice. Like, yeah, a little a little dude needs to come and watch. Um, <laughs> and they're saying he should arrive at any moment. Uh, Nausicaa is approaching all of these people where uh, where Nemolith and Kshana and Charka are are all are. Uh, Nasuka's approaching. She sees two ships flying kind of up up ahead. They're flying really slowly. She kind of notes, like, hey, they're going really slow. Um, Nasuka then, like, comes in with, like, a psychic yell, like fucking Batman out of a skylight with psychic energy. She's like, throw, throw no more stones. There must be no more killing. She, like, does a... Oh, God, did you ever play Star Fox 64? I didn't. Dang. Okay, you could do these cool like turns. She does like a like a sky whip turn, comes oh, like straight down. Oh, that's the only one. Yeah, like it's it's not a barrel roll, but it's a uh, I don't remember what it's called. But it's anyways. like a sharp turn. It, it was sick. It was a it yeah full ass maneuver. She lands on top of the rock that Charika is chained to. She like there's like half a dude's head for some reason. I don't know why I noticed this. There's just this panel where she lands that was and weird. like. And like that kicks was, this dude's like half a dude's head like off the top of the thing. The panel is just strange. dedicated only to that. Her foot I know, kicking this head. I noticed that off. too. I noticed that too because I was like, did Nasuka decapitate this guy? But yeah. no, it was just this. He was a pre-decapitated person on a rock that Charco was on. It was a, one of the priests, and Nasuka just like slides on the rock, kicks that dude's <laughs> head off, and then yeah. starts like preaching about peace. And I was like, why did? Why was that included? <laughs> It's just weird, like, there's, I don't want to call it hyper-violence, but there's, like, a lot of violence in this series. And it's pretty, um, it's shown as pretty messy and pretty brutal. And we hadn't gotten any of that yet, so I guess they are like, I don't know, put the decapitated top half of this head guy's head on top a, of this rock, Nausicaa will kick it off. Choice. It was a strange yeah. choice for Nausicaa to be the one to do that. But, uh, yeah. that aside. Yeah, so, uh... Nausicaa lands, uh, Chikuku calls out psychically to all these people. He says, Lua Chikuku Kulubaluka has come to talk to the Dorak king with his disciple, with the disciple Nausicaa. Um, 
<laughs> I wrote Kulu Balaka Masaka, which means impossible <laughs> in Japanese. Um, because uh, Charaka notes like, oh, Kulu Balaka, that is the name of the Dorak king who was defeated by the Holy Emperor years ago. I'm, I'm glad we brought up that point last time uh, that the the two Dor- the Dorokian Empire and his brother were just people that conquered that empire and took over the yeah. throne. Yeah. Or I guess revealed in this chapter, not conquered. Uh, they were a rebel usurped, force. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Usurped. Yeah. Usurped, exactly. rebelled, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's also interesting. Part that kind of made this really work for me was like, oh, okay, who's psychic in the series that we know of? And it's like, okay, kind of Nausicaa, but not really. And then it's uh, the emperor's brother and Shikuku and kind of the emperor. And so it's like, oh yeah, and those are all Dorok royalty, we now learned, the three psychics. So that, to me, that all lined up perfectly. I was like, oh, I believe that. It seems kind of out of left field, but also like, yeah, it's kind of all been there. The only psychic people we know are the Dorok Emperor, the Dorok Emperor's brother, and this kid. And this kid is Dorok royalty also. So yeah, it makes sense. It does make sense. And I think it it ties together that small plot point, which I didn't think would ever come up again, uh, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it also makes Chikaku relevant. Um, it does yeah like he's had kind of a weird yeah he's kind of had, had kind of a weird place where um i i guess it doesn't sound that i wasn't sure what his point was but his point seemed to be he's psychic he allows these people who speak different languages to communicate he allows it's how he was introduced i think because he mm-hmm. felt like an rpg character that's just like yeah well i guess i'll join you in your quest you know like uh yeah or, or like i'll follow like i'm not part of your party but i'll follow you around until you need me deliver me to my moment but this, yeah i think that this has kind of retroactively improved all of his moments because now it's like oh okay he's doing this maybe because he thinks he has a purpose to take back Dorok and rule it or something i don't know i'll be interested to see where he goes why uh, is he a child the timeline is confusing now I don't know. I, th- I I assume that there is just some natural birth line from the emperor, but maybe not. There might be more going huh. on here. We'll see. Got it. Um, so here comes that attendant we mentioned, and it's a big flesh bag flying between those two slow ships that Nausicaa mentioned earlier. You it's, mentioned, it, and we mentioned earlier, I think we all know what's inside the big flesh bag. Um, it's Eva Unit 1. <laughs> essentially. Uh, Nausicaa takes Chikuku's hand, says hey broadcast this to everybody um she literally is like hey above us in that ship that's coming is a god warrior and it's gonna quote fucking wreck everybody she's it's gonna destroy all of us she broadcasts images she has into people's minds showing the uh god warriors like destroying the world all those thousands of years ago i don't know how she has those maybe she was shown it by i'm trying to remember where she has those images from i Um, think she just i think she just just made up somehow made up the images based on stories yeah maybe um so she says like hey the dorak emperor is a bad dude surprise uh he just wants more death and more killing all you dorak people are good you should move to the edge of the dorak lands there's still land there live near the sea of corruption you can live with it i will show you how it's cool there um she says, I thought this was another really important line that I have quoted here. She says, the sea of corruption is a product of our sins, but it is not our enemy. Choose love over hatred. Choose love over hatred, pretty simple one. But I, I really like that line of the sea of corruption is a product of our sins, but it is not our enemy. That I think yeah. is a uh, encapsulation of a lot of what 
a lot of what Nausicaa has been about, especially if you remember all the way back to part one, we talked about how Miyazaki wrote this in response to a natural disaster that happened. Um, and I think he's sort of calling out here to remember that, hey, you know, a polluted nature might be a scary thing to confront, and it is a product of our sins that we have to take responsibility for, but that does not make that part of nature or any part of nature our enemy, which is, I don't know, that, felt very, that felt very poignant to me in the story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is suddenly a psychic attack on Chikuku by the only other psychic who is still around, the Emperor. Um, the Emperor then fires some cannons down to the people. Okay, this is the sort of, we've, we've lit the fuse, action time, climax time, baby. Um, and he, he starts talking shit to Nausicaa, saying, wow, you really did a good job at manipulating these peasants. Yeah, I, man, the Emperor, he's a great bad guy, because he's so yeah. full of himself. He's, I wrote here, it's like, the Emperor is so haughty. He's, he's like, LOL, nice move. He's like, hey, bring that girl here, and she's going to be the entertainment for my wedding, which is happening in eight minutes. <laughs> he, like, Kushana's there, like, and the Emperor mentions, he's like, oh, you're in a tizzy, ha, ha, ha. Um, and Nausicaa is sort of rushed by all these Hedra that have been commanded by the Emperor to go grab her. Uh, she's Kushana's instantly, ship. like, her head is doing calculus, and it's like, plans changed, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, she's like, okay, like, like Nausicaa's here, God Warrior's here. She's like, okay, this is, we're, things are not, I'm not getting married in eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Nausicaa gets on her flying ship. And again, here's Nausicaa being this sort of badass violence bringer. She literally is just like, okay, I'm going to take down the God Warrior. See ya. Like, flies off. Um, uh, we see Mito and the gunship kind of flying in. And they're sort of like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to help Nausicaa. Um, Nausicaa tells them, she's like, hey, bring down that God Warrior. Attack, attack him. Um, they take out one of the sort of carrier ships with their with their single shot. Uh, this is another kind of comedy moment that it just like pop up every once in a while here where they're like, wait, the ship only has one like is a one shot wonder. And they're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, but they take out, so they take out one of the gunships and the God warrior flesh sack thing sort of lands on the emperor's ship. Or maybe he was already like set down there or something. Um, I, I think they knock it down, yeah. Yeah, I think they knock it down. Uh, so the Hydra are now, like, rushing the helpless people, um, and suddenly there is gunfire from another one of the warships, because all these Dorak warships are all here, kind of, as a, as a contingent. And they land, and out comes, it's Asbel and Ketcha. I totally forgot about Asbel, by the way, at this point. Yeah, I me too. I don't, was he even in part five? I think he maybe was. He might have been in part four last we saw him, though. I don't remember. He, he was in... Oh fuck! I think he was in part five. Uh, it's it's kind of strange how I feel like I. It feels like so long since we've seen him, right? <laughs> I, I feel like Ketcha is more of a Toremekian representat- uh, representative than Asbel is. You know, I feel like she's more memorable somehow. Yeah, um, so she's definitely I think had a larger part. I think because her interactions with the Yupa, Asbel has been less. He's less of a well-written character. He's just less of a character in general. He just but. doesn't have the screen time. He, he's fine. <laughs> he's just out in the screen time. <laughs> Gavin. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they're leading their sort of their own Dorok contingent. They say, the Manny clan chooses the path of Nausicaa. Manny needs no new emperor. So they're sort of like, hey, we have our, we have our warriors. Let's go. Um, they give her the little, 
I put Egg McGuffin here because I thought it was funny. I don't know. How I'm saying it out loud. Uh, they gave her the <laughs> little. Kind of they gave her the little McGuffin <laughs> Egg from part one. Um, some of the dogs. Oh, it's even funnier that it, yeah. Okay. Uh, egg Egg McGuffin like Egg McMuffin. Yeah, egg, McG- egg McGuffin. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's an egg and it's a McGuffin. Anyways. So some of these Doroks down here want to fight. Petrarca's like, no, 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 no. He's like, she literally just asked you not to do that. Please don't do that. Um, he's like, we're going to use that ship to get to escape. Nausicaa said, no more dying, no more fighting. We're not going to do that. Um, Nausicaa lands on the big ship and is like facing down. She has like fire and wreckage behind her. This is like one of those like hyper badass moments. You can see it on screen right. here. I think is where this panel is from. She's on the... Uh, she's on the Dorok, uh, mothership, not mothership. Yeah. Fuck mothership. Um, he's on the mothership, like flames behind her from the downship. She's just marching up to the emperor. She's going to fight him or talk to him, whatever it is. Um, the really cool panels here, the whole flagship coming down. It, it looks awesome. Um, and man, this little interaction here again is like so many cool moments in this. It's, it's really paying off. The Emperor says, like, oh, so the blue-clad one resorts to fire in the end, too. Well, he says, you can't destroy the god warrior with fire, woman. I love that he calls her out of, like, oh, you think you're this peaceful, you know, Jesus, you know, good-bearing woman. It's like, you come at me with a sword and you've shot down one of my ships? It's like, the blue-clad one resorts to fire in the end, too. I thought that's such a cool Where were you three volumes ago, bro? We covered this. Yeah, it's like, we've talked about this. But good good call out. He's on on our page now. Yeah, um, uh, I also like that it's a classic villain talking shit before a disaster moment. Exactly. Yeah, um, the emperor notes he's like that thing burning behind you. He's just he kind of does a little bit of exposition here, which is fine. I didn't mind it. Um, he's like that that thing burning behind you is an artificial womb created by the scientists of Shua. Shua is the Dorak capital. Remember, um, he says it's a sack to keep the monster from walking on its own. He says, no one knows how to control that thing. And at this point, there's no stopping it. He's like, you unleashed it. Good luck. Ha ha. Uh, God, and the Emperor, he has so many good lines. I really, I, I, I enjoyed him in the last part. In this part, he's like one of my favorites. He's a good villain. Yeah, yeah he's, he's such villain, a good sure. villain. His, this line here, I really just like loved so much he he says like he says like you disgust me you pseudo divine wet behind the ears little girl like what a great like what a great translation and line whatever that is he's just like he just calls her out like you pseudo divine wet behind the ears little girl i think Um, that insult would have worked if nausicaa wasn't so goddamn competent yes you know i mean i think that that's yeah even i as an audience member like uh like, I, I think that it would be, a, like, a really good insult. I think this is good writing, because I think that would be a good insult to anyone else in that position. But, like, as an audience member, I'm like, uh, no, I'm Team Nausicaa. Yeah, well, and it doing. isn't, so, it isn't so much a, a good good writing and a good insult in that, oh, he hit the nail on the head, he's exactly right. It's a good line, because it shows how wrong and egotistical he is, and it's yeah in, in all classic sort of literature drama right pride goes before the fall if you just want to write a a a dramatic story your bad guy has to be too prideful and that has to lead to his downfall and this is exactly what happens the emperor says you're this pseudo divine divine wet behind the ears little girl when we know this is a little bit of dramatic irony right dramatic irony is where the 
audience or the reader knows that things being talked about in the story are either not true or uh, we have we have more information. So the lines in the story have different context to us, right? Yeah. The, em- yeah. the emperor says this, and we as readers know, like okay, she's not pseudo-divine, she's not wet behind the ears, and she's not a little girl. She's killed people, she's gone to war, she's done this whole spirit journey thing. So we know that he's super wrong, and so when he says this, it's a great line because it's just a, it's good writing in like the words he choose, but also shows us like, oh, the emperor is flaunting his ego and he is incorrectly labeling the good guy, and so he's about to go down. So I think that that moment for me was a very sort of like class, like this is like a Shakespearean moment to me. In the story. Yeah, yeah, no, the, it, it very much was. It was great. Yeah. Uh, so Nausicaa says she's going to return the Hydra and the God Warrior to where they came from. I don't know if we fully have context for that. I think uh, they uh, talk about the Emperor, uh, the Emperor's brother. The Emperor talks about his brother when they were little, and he cared. He says he cared about people more when he was little. Um, Nausicaa says like she knows where they came from because it's. Part, she says it's like part of the human darkness that she saw inside herself, um, which is interesting. She's essentially saying like, hey, these these weapons of war that humans have created are, they come from that darkness part inside of herself. But she says, hey, but there's also good, nice parts inside the dream world. I'm going to show them, you know, these kind of, I mean, essentially the God Warriors and the Hydra are, they're like artificial humans, right? So she's going to... She says, I know where they came from. They came from that darkness, but I'm going to take them back to the good dream world and show them a better place so that they, you know, they're, they have consciousness in our real, quote unquote, they're not real humans, but they have humanity, I guess you could say. But anyway, she wants to take them to the good part because she's, she's Jesus, so. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, more, more good lines from the emperor. The emperor's like, well, monsters begin to move and he, again, this is like, a little on the nose for me, but very much driving, but but also, but very much driving home the point, right? He says, and you're the mother who gave birth to him. So it's like, okay, I mean, that that is a little on the nose, but I I don't mind it because I think it works. I think that it fits in the emperor's style and everything. So I I, I think I would have taken issue if they, this was a pattern, but uh, this is few and far between. Yeah. I do think that, um, Laying things out simply on the nose like that is is sometimes good. It's also a yeah good good use of of repetition. We have now seen in this volume alone three separate times. Nasuka referred to or shown as a very motherly person. So yeah, if we if we noticed it maybe once in the last five parts, it's showed up three times in this part. So this is clearly. I, I think that line was more so to establish the other points in case like people didn't put that connection together. Yeah. Um. Then the next part will seem like out of nowhere to them. And I yeah, think, this, that's I think true. That that's line true. is for that. But you're right, it is on the nose. It is definitely setting up what's about to happen. So um, the Emperor says, like, I'll give you the Dorox and the Hydra and the God Warriors, and you can, quote, crawl around with the whole bloody lot on your shoulders and then see if you can save the world. I, man, I, the Emperor's lines here are so good. I want to see we've talked about this, but like, I want to see this animated as an anime so bad. I want to yeah. see the guy playing the emperor, like absolutely chew the scene with like, like uh, you can crawl around with the whole bloody lot on your shoulders and see if you can save the world. Cause he's calling her out of like, Oh, you think you're going to save the world? You're, you know, so naive and idealistic and ah, it's so good. Um, it's very good. All the while. So the God warrior now is waking up behind Nausicaa from the flames. Um, 
Nasuka real quickly thinks she gets the sort of mental thoughts of an Omu. She says like, oh, is that, am I detecting the, the, the thoughts of an Omu? And it says like, ma, ma, which is like, okay, here we go. Uh, it's not an Omu. It's the God warrior. Oh, snap. Um, the Hedra then start to like grab Nausicaa. And then, well, bing, bing, bing. Who's that from the top rack? It's Yupa in disguise. Steps coming to save the day. Yeah, he like kicks the emperor's head. He he pushes all these Omu back, or at least does a good job fighting off some of the or the the Hedra. Sorry, Hedra. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Suddenly, while Yupa is fighting them, one of the Hedra just gets like its bottom half completely fucking obliterated, and you don't know where it came from. And then you do know where it came from. Oh shit, it's the God Warrior shooting like lasers from its face at the Hedra. Um, one of the lasers kind of goes stray and just like goes straight through the arm of the Emperor and cuts it off. Um, it and blows looks, up like some of his ship too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it then um, it then looks like it like grabs Nausicaa with its hand, but it's it's pretty quickly shown after that that like, oh, it's actually just protecting her from the Hedra. Um, the God Warrior then like picks Nausicaa up kind of very softly and tenderly, checks on her. Um, it gets, and then it kind of freaks out, gets hella mad, and it blasts a laser through the sort of command deck, the top part of this flagship to Smith, like, and it is, it is not like it blasts the flagship and it blows up. Um, we see in like the very next part, the emperor is like cackling like a madman through all this because he, he, and he notes that like the God warrior shot through the top of my ship, hit a mountain behind it and blew the mountain up. And he's like absolutely going insane at this point, but that's really cool. That really shows you the power, right? Like, Oh, okay. Laser takes out a Hydra, whatever, but it like goes through a ship, hits a mountain, destroys the mountain. It's a really cool way to kind of show, uh, like incidental. What's the, like, uh, not crossfire. It's a uh, like collateral collateral damage. There you go. That like literally the collateral damage of this God warrior destroying the ship is that it blew up a mountain, which is yeah. really cool and impressive. It, it's cool to see because now you know why they destroyed the world in like seven days. Exactly. It, Cause just uh, yeah. insane firepower. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Nausicaa tries to calm down the God warrior by saying like, look, I'm okay. I'm fine. You don't need to be mad or sad or scared. Um, she notes, uh, again, more enforcement here. The God, uh, God warriors, just like a child, uh, childlike, but very powerful. Um, oh, 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 I was trying to figure out what this note meant. Um, I think what Miyazaki is doing here again, because we've got the Nausicaa as the mother thing. I think that he is using this God warrior to be sort of a reflection of humanity in that humanity is childlike in its sort of stupidity and its exploration of the world is very kind of like brutal and clumsy and it ends up destroying things and hurting it's, things when it's just yeah, trying it's to explore incredibly and emotional and temperamental too. Right? Exactly. Just, yeah. And so yeah. I think there's a very, there's a very close tie here between uh, Miyazaki's uh, the story's opinion on humanity uh, being kind of childlike but very powerful uh, and not mature like Nausicaa who's again kind of more representative of nature or the balance I think we're at now so right uh, so Nausicaa pulls out the MacGuffin orb uh, it breaks I don't get this part what was it for I don't understand <laughs> I didn't get this part at all <laughs> Uh, I think that'll be explained next time. I I hope so. I yeah. because I have no. I, it seems like it just 
No, I, I, I actually don't know what it, what it does. Because it didn't look like it did anything. All, she like pulled it out, it breaks, and it's just like, what? She's like, hey, well, did it, you want this? And then it breaks, and the dude's like, no, what? <laughs> wait, no, it, it broke and shot little things into the into the God Warrior. Like It did? Okay. okay. Yeah. Tiny little beams or something uh, into the God Warrior. And yeah. then he said, you really are my mama. Yeah, I was, um, that's that's the next thing I have is, is the God Warrior saying that, which maybe that, I don't know if I this, still don't know what it does, though. So, maybe like, it increased his intelligence, or maybe it sped up his growth rate. I think we will see in the next part then, maybe. Um, yeah. Again, I in this chapter, Emperor's my favorite part. The Emperor's got some more good shit here. He goes back to his ship. Um, he uh, finds oh, wait, his... Oh, wait, hold on. I, 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 uh, no, no, keep going. I want to talk about the last part, though. Okay, yeah. The Emperor goes back to his ship. He, like, as he's kind of going back to his, like, uh, bridge, I guess, he walks in. All of his men are slaughtered, and Kashana's there, Kashana and her men. Um, and again, the Emperor, Emperor's great, because he's... I think he's also good because he respects when someone else is powerful or kind of has bested him. So Kushana's bested him and he's like, he says like, you have more than exceeded my expectations. Um, he said, he sits down in his chair. He's like, he's super bloody. Half his arm is cut off. He's like, let me rest. He's like, medicine won't do this body any good. He's like, I don't even have a stomach to put it in. Uh, he's then kind of, lore drops that like his body is essentially just like the hedra it was transformed and created by the crypt of shua which we're uh which again it's kind of another cool foreshadowing thing um we're going there next time exactly yeah and so the god warrior then says like to nasca he says like i'm glad i was so scared without mama um, and then the last panel i uh, think yeah the last part is that the emperor it was, it was the funniest fucking shit because after all this bluster and boasting, he's just like, I don't want to live no more. <laughs> he's just like, all right, I tried. I'm done. Yeah. He says, like, I'm tired of living. No matter what I do, things always turn out as the master of the crypt says they will. He says, he says, let the girl carry the burden from now on. And as soon Absolute as, and, sour grapes. I, yeah. I love I love the, the petty bitterness at the end. And he's um, literally just what? like laying back in his chair, blood from his mouth, like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Like, he's just like fuck this <laughs> yeah have you ever seen um oh. he, he's he's that league of legends player who's like winning the whole time and is talking mad shit and then at the, at the end of the game when he loses he's like uh this game's imbalanced this is bullshit yeah you know like uh, it starts like having a meltdown <laughs> have you ever seen uh there will be blood no i haven't it's on my list I've okay that is an exceptional movie there is a moment at the end where the main character has just uh committed a heinous act of violence and is covered in blood and he's like a really rich guy so he has like servants and and stuff it's in like late 1800s early 1900s and i think it's the last moment of the movie or it's one of the last moments but he just like collapses in a chair is covered in this other guy's blood and he just goes i'm finished and it's like it's a great end to that scene and it reminds me of this where he's just like he's bloody he's he's just like i'm done like whatever yeah he's like fuck this he's like all right i tried whatever man <laughs> i ganked free once uh, it's over now yeah I, em- I did like the emperor he was he was a he was a good mini arc villain he was fun yeah i he was definitely a lot of fun and also and like legitimately scary and interesting yeah i liked him a lot so that and that is the end of part six and we mentioned uh the sort of foreshadowing that we would kind of get to 
when we get to it next week, part seven is called The Crypt, which I assume means that they are going to Shua because we've mentioned that the Tormekians were assaulting it. We've brought it up three times or four times in this chapter, The Crypt of Shua. The uh, Master of the Crypt is mentioned as a character right here at the end. Um, so it'll, that's that'll be interesting to see what that crypt is or what that means. You think it's the skeleton man? No, I think it's the resting place of the god warriors who destroyed the world. That would be my guess. I'm, I'm talking about the master of the crypt. Do you think that's oh, the skeleton man? Oh, maybe. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about who the master of the crypt was. I assumed it would be a new... I assumed it would maybe be a new character or maybe another sort of construct body like the like the Hydra or like the Emperor is. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about who the who the the master of the crypt the only reason i think it might be the skeleton man is because he was a bit too petty and like he got aggravated at nausicaa yeah and he didn't feel like the embodiment of death because of those reasons he did feel very human as a character yeah he did right yeah well okay that's part six that one uh, to me yeah this uh, not necessarily fun but this one felt I felt the energy in this part of the chapter because um, it, it was like emotionally resonant, but it was also fun because I thought the emperor made it fun. The emperor does make it fun. He's I, I really Kushana is definitely my favorite character, but in this chapter, it's definitely the emperor. Uh, the lines I thought he has are excellent. He's a wild, chaotic force. who's just like a murder yeah. machine, goofy guy. I, I loved him in this part. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Uh, we mentioned in part five in the last part that, the story, the sort of story mountain feels like we sort of reached the peak. I think this one, I think part six has great energy because that boulder, the story boulder is rolling down the hill now. You can feel it. You can feel it gathering energy. You can feel it moving forward. You can feel it pressing towards an end, um, especially in the last kind of 40 or 50 pages where we're, uh, where Nausicaa and Yupa and... Um, Charuka and the Emperor and Kushana are all in the same place. They're all interacting with this God Warrior thing. Um, yeah, it just—it's just still excellent. It's still really good. It's still like one of the best things I've ever read in manga for sure. Like I, it, it is so good. As long yeah. as it lands the ending, which I—it feels like it's hard to miss at this point. Uh, with everything they've established, be- they've effectively set up a good ending. You know, like yeah. I, I, I don't. Um, the last volume is just a slice of life about raising a god warrior. It's take, just, it it's just what's her name in the Valley of the Wind doing slice of life stuff. Right oh, oh, yeah, the well, new girl it, that didn't yeah, make any Teppa sense. Or Teppa, her name yeah, is. yeah. Uh, cool. Any other, any other last thoughts, last comments on part six of? No, uh, we we went a little longer this time, so uh, we a, can just call it. There's a lot of talk, section. Yeah, have a longer one for part seven. That's like two hundred and twenty draft, uh, two hundred twenty pages, as opposed to like the. One, these are like 150. Yeah, most of these yeah. are about 150. Yeah, so the last section is a little bit longer. We're also definitely going to do sort of a final thoughts, final recap in that last video. So, yeah, part seven video is going to be quite a bit longer than these others. But hey, if you've been with us this whole way, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for watching. Um, if you're uh, a college student or a high school student using this for your report because you don't want to read it. Well, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, I hope we've given you enough information to write your report. I think we have. We covered it pretty yeah, in we depth. We really did. Yeah. I think you I think you should read Nausicaa. I don't think you need to because I think we covered it. But hey, if that's you, part seven's coming. Don't worry. We'll get it out next week before uh, your papers do. 
And uh, you need to use proper MLA citation to credit us. In, uh, so yes. is it MLA? Is that, is that what the citation is I, called? It is MLA. Um, okay. Some people, what's the other one? Chicago? I don't know. I haven't been to college. In, I, I don't remember. <laughs> long, decently long time now. Uh, yeah. Cool. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Part seven in one week. That will be the last episode of this manga book club. The next manga book club discussions that we will be having are going to be on the One Piece live action. I think we're going to do four episodes of that, four two-episode chunks. Um, you will see those out at the end of August when that launches. We're going to get those out pretty quick. I think we're just going to do them, bop, 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 set them out. So look forward to that. Um, after that... I think we're going to try to do another manga book club. We might not start one until the new year. We'll have to see. But uh, plan after that, I want to say, is we're going to do Soul Eater, right? Yeah, at the moment, it's Soul Eater. That sounds like something that, no offense to Nausicaa, it has been amazing, but uh, nobody has read it. Uh, it's also a lot. It is dense. It is also a lot. It's dense. I mean, yeah. it's 150 or 160 or 170 pages, and it's... There's so much going on. I mean, these uh, we mentioned it in the past, but these pages are like easily a page and a half of a normal manga in density of, of paneling and what's going on there. So, yeah, having we to can read, read the shit post that is Soul Eater. Yeah, uh, Soul Eater is like 107 or 111 chapters. I think we'll get through that in like maybe four or five parts. Like, I think that's probably pretty quick. Pretty quickly yeah, get, get through that. It'll be fun. It'll be easy. Uh, excited to do that because I like I mentioned I recently read Fire Force. I love Fire Force. I think Soul Eater is also good. I've seen the anime. Um, excited to read the manga. I think Okubo's art is always fun and interesting. Character, he's a great character work guy. His plot is paper thin most of the time, but the characters are good, so it works. Yeah, that's the, that's the case with Soul Eater, from what I remember. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's anyway. what's coming up. Yeah, that's what's coming up. If you're here for the book club stuff. Uh, if you want to plan ahead and start getting Soul Eater or get that Netflix subscription so you can watch One Piece live action with us. Uh, other than that, thank you for being here. Give us a like, subscribe, ring the bell, give us a thumbs up, leave a comment if you're reading with us and you uh, you want to have a discussion. I'd be happy to talk about this with uh, anybody who wants to hear it. Head on over to Twitter if you want, at WGBmanga. Uh, other than that, thanks so much for being here, everybody. See you later. Don't forget to read the last part of Nausicaa.